in and welcome. Happy Monday, the Patriot Radio News Hour, live on this, what is it, the 8th of January 2018. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. I hope you're having a beautiful, glorious Monday morning as the weekend is over. You know, this is this is going to be the first full week in what the last at least in two or three weeks at least a couple of weeks now so yeah i'm gonna have to gear up put in a whole five days as we've the holidays are are almost over you know eric used to say the holidays don't end until the super bowl and i think about uh, tonight we got the national championship game uh, for you college football fans uh, alabama and georgia the SEC, uh, Alabama, I got to go out. You know what? I'll say this. I'm rooting for Georgia only because Alabama's won it enough. You know, I'm one of those guys where, you know, don't be greedy. You know, you don't have to win all the time. So hopefully, uh, I'm going for the Bulldogs tonight. Uh, I don't know if I'm actually going to watch the game. Like, NFL playoff games are on. I didn't watch it. And Wendy's in here. Why are you in here? I'm in here because, number one, I haven't been to work in two weeks. So I wanted to Oh, you want? I got Happy you. Happy New Year. Nobody missed you. No, we did. We totally missed right. you. They Everybody missed, was, was so me. sad. And, and and I'm in the shipping room right now. I'm getting the metals plans. Metals plans are out. flying out. I'm going to do them. I'm so I, I made them. this thing that I said that I think we can be done by this week. When do you think? Uh, tomorrow. No, actually today. You think you're going to get done today? How you do it. Hey, listen, we're getting better at some of this stuff. I'm going to get it done today. I'm going to get it done today. Um, But but I did want to say just a couple things, okay, because it is the new year. Right. I want to remind people, number one, about our medals program. What you're doing right right now. If you'd like to join, if you're interested whatsoever, you can call me. You could go online and, and take a look at it. I'm more than happy to talk to anyone about it. Yeah, really quick, if you're right. interested in our medals program, it, it it's really, it's a, you get four deliveries a year. Uh, what, what you do is, is you put a credit card on file with us, and and you tell us the amount and the day. We, you can withdraw funds from the 1st through the 28th of every month. Right. Uh, the minimum is $100 a month. Right. Uh, there is no maximum. No. And then you get no. four deliveries a year right and the best part is you get the best price yes you do you so so price. we buy in bulk and, and we right. we take all the the uh the money that's in the metals plan and we make big buys with them which allows us to buy at a discount right. and and you get four deliveries a year so we just finished the fourth quarter uh, Wendy, now I'm going to say this. I'll give us till the end of the week, but Wendy thinks we can be done as early as today. So if you're waiting on your medals plans, get ready because uh, yeah, they're going to be on their I, way up. I think I can I can do them today. So uh, the second thing I, I wanted to also tell people about um, is the uh, gold and silver backed IRAs. Oh yeah, yes. yeah. It's a good time if you want to get it in before the April 15th deadline. And you want to, you know... Uh, yeah, if you have over. any IRA questions, right, right. if you want to... Because you, you can do a, a gold and silver IRA. It looks and, and it's just like any other IRA. The only difference is it, it's done with physical metal. 
Now, there's a lot of companies, and, and I think we've done a pretty good job of getting the word out. I've seen less and less of it where these companies try to advertise that you can store your IRA, your physical uh, metals, at your house. No. You absolutely no. cannot do that. Matter of fact, the IRS went so far as to add a piece into the actual tax code right. addressing just that issue. But if you want to do a a gold and silver IRA, physical, the, uh, the gold is physically, the silver gold, physically delivered to the Delaware Depository. Call, so that's where it's stored. Yep. I'm happy to talk and to you We can you answer all your questions about questions. it and all that stuff. And, and if you just want me to put a package together for you, call me also. There you go. She loves to do that's that. That's right. I that's really her favorite thing. I, I put packages together. And uh, so, again, I wanted to wish everyone a happy new year, and I got to go back in the shipping. Right? Yeah, get it done. Way to go. Hey, thanks for coming in. I sure not. That was actually really, actually one of these times it was worth you coming in here. Now get back to work. 800 So, yeah, the national championship game for college uh, is going. We got the football playoffs. We got uh, what what's coming. Barrett Jackson is coming here, the, the big car auction. And then uh, the Super Bowl, and the uh, and of course the golf tournament, the the Phoenix Open, or I guess technically the Waste Management Open, uh, and then uh, here in Phoenix, once those events are over, then we gear up for spring training. But nonetheless, uh, lot lot going on. We're going to try to get you caught up. There was a very big Federal Reserve get together. And nobody seemed to want to talk about it. Uh, but we tracked down what they were talking about. We're going to share that with you, uh, something that I've been warning you about. And I don't know if the warning is the right word. But I just kind of see what's going to happen. They were talking about inflation, this 2% target. I've been saying now for the last several years, that's just the starting number some very interesting things happened. I believe they were all in Philadelphia. Uh, and remember, on Friday, we are talking about how the Philadelphia Federal Reserve President, Patrick Harker, all of a sudden isn't a huge fan of rate hikes all of a sudden. Now saying, hey, maybe two's all we need, and he's worried about this inflation. Of course, when they talk about inflation, they're talking about wages, right? They, they care. And not that... They care about us making more money. They, they care about, oh, it's costing business more to employ people. Uh, and some very, very interesting things that came out of that meeting. They Let's just say they were very focused on getting ready for the next recession. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back right after the break. Don't touch that down. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. The physical delivery of wealth insurance, gold and silver. It is what we do. Legal, lawful, constitutional tender. You know those old guys, the founding fathers. They're pretty smart people. There is a reason why they wanted the money to be gold and silver. And you start looking around today, and in whether it be the debts or the unfunded liabilities or or the uh, the new Federal Reserve inflation targets, which is a fancy way of talking about devaluation. And they were actually in Philadelphia over the weekend talking about the Federal Reserve uh, 
uh, and all the the chairman and and of course the the Fed president Janet Yellen uh, stepping down. We're going to get Jerome Powell. Uh, still have to find a vice chair and a uh, someone to lead the New York Federal Reserve Bank. So you're you're a, a, in, a, in essence replacing the top three most powerful central bankers in the United States uh, all at once. And they were at the uh, its annual, I guess they have this every year, uh, annual conference and a job fair. Yeah, can you, I'll tell you what, that'd be a great job. Right? I mean, you, you go and, and you, you get all your food if you work for the Federal Reserve at massive discounts. Like, they still think it's like the 50s at the Federal Reserve. Uh, you can buy your steak dinners and take them home to your kids for, you know, like twenty less than twenty bucks for the whole family. Yeah, I mean, no wonder why they don't see any inflation anywhere. Uh, but they were they were not focusing on the positives, like the low unemployment rate and the eight years of slow but steady economic growth. Instead, officials started a serious conversation. I wonder how they know if it's serious or not. You know? <laughs> hey, is this a serious one, or, or are we just uh, shooting the bull here? About what new tools they might need to combat the next downturn. So if you think about the, the Federal Reserve and, and their history, they... they they want us to believe that they had all the answers, right? And, and we're now in this new era where, hey, just raising and lowering of interest rates just doesn't work anymore. And see, and this is what happens uh, when, when you don't have sound money, right? Because they want to pretend that they can use sound money principles without the actual sound money. In other words, right, they can, they just make the money up. Right? They go to the keyboard, clackety-clack, and there's $100 billion. Right, right out of thin air. And, and as anybody knows, you know, ask any farmer. You know, there there's that fine line, right, between uh, not enough, too much, in just the right amount when you're talking about uh, supply and demand. And we they, they want to pretend that there's this endless supply, that they can just cre- keep creating all of this money out of thin air and, and still somehow have it retain uh, some perceived value. And, of course, at the end of the day, everybody knows eventually you get to the point where that no longer works because you've just created so much of it. You kind of created your your own worst enemy, and this is where we're at right now. So the Federal Reserve, they meet in Philly, and they're talking about new tools. And the issue is going to be at the top of the agenda uh, for new Fed Chairman Jerome Powell. Whenever the economy stumbles, it is taken pretty much as a given by economists that the Fed will have to slash interest rates back to zero. So this is the 
Uh, and remember, they've been raising rates, trying to get to this, again, either, you know, 2% on the interest rate as well. But there are, it's already a foregone conclusion. They'll go right back to zero. So when the, the next downturn occurs, uh, we're going to go back to zero. And you think about, you know, that used to be a no-no. Well, it used to be. It was a no-no. Matter, matter of fact, they blamed Alan Greenspan for the housing bubble because he brought interest rates down to 1% for, for about a year right after 9-11. And that's the reason behind the housing bubble, of course. Uh, we know now that was nonsense. The Fed knows it will probably revisit the zero lower bound sometime in the near future. The lower bound is kind of an interesting word, isn't it? In other words, they're like, hey, let's, you know, yeah, zero, negative one, negative two, you know, who knows? That was so unpopular on Main Street and with Congress. Well, uh, you're right. Wall Street was about the only one that liked that one. The prospect causes some heartburn. So the central bank is casting around other ideas. The Fed knows it will uh, it will be revisit the zero no matter what. But as a matter of prudent planning. They want to shore up the toolkit now. So here's what they they came up with. We talked about Patrick Harker, you know, the worthwhile debate of what should or should not be our objectives going forward. And remember, we did a big piece on him last Friday and his concern about the lack of inflation. And remember, not the inflation that me and you care about. On the table is a strange-sounding policy called price-level targeting, or raising its 2% inflation target to 4%. Again, remember what I told you. 2% was just an introductory number. And as these numbers get bigger, and what numbers am I talking about? As the the national debt numbers get bigger, as the unfunded liability numbers get bigger, as the problem with the pensions gets larger, and as the consumer piles on more and more levels of debt, this is going to be a problem. And the only real solution is to try to inflate their way out of this. And and I'm not surprised at all. Now, what, two, how about we double it? How about four? And when four's not good enough, it'll be eight and 10 and 12. And remember, this is, this is a decade that we're entering of stagflation, which is wages aren't growing. But things that we need continue, and it really doesn't matter. Look at rents. Look at housing prices. Right? I mean, the, I know here, Denver, right, all of these houses, I don't know who can afford to live in them, but yet here they are. The cost of 
automobile insurance, the cost of health care insurance, the cost of sending somebody to school, right? The list goes on and on and on. Right here, uh, there's a big debate because one of the, and I don't know if it was APS or SRP, getting another 5% increase on our electrical bill. And now they're talking about raising the target, and they said the Fed will have a pretty healthy debate about it. I think it would be healthy to have a very active and open debate about the pros and cons of each of the alternatives. At the moment, the Fed targets an inflation rate. Under under price level targeting, the Fed would target the level of prices. If the price level is low for a time, the Fed would need to allow inflation to run hot to get back to the price level target. The underlying idea is to convince the market that the Fed won't be raising rates at the first sign of a recovery. Well, come on, we've had rates, but it's been 10, are we going on 11 years now? where they've been between the zero and, I guess, you know, right now it's the highest they've been in 10 or 11 years. And we're still, what, at one and a quarter? Well, I guess one and a quarter to one and a half percent. In a separate speech, Cleveland Federal Reserve President Loretta Mester said she was open to studying the new policy framework and that they have all the downsides as well as the upsides. And see, this is what scares the crap out of them. Right? They think they know it all. They don't know anything, as we know. Right? We They can't predict the future any better than, than this guy right here sitting in a little studio room in Phoenix. But they come out, oh, we've got all the downsides and we've got all the upsides. What I want to know about are what are all the unintended consequences going to be? She noted that price level targeting, see, doesn't that sound much better? Right? You know, let's not call it inflation. Let's definitely not call it devaluation, right? That, that, forget that word ever existed. We'll just call it price level targeting because that sounds so much better. You know, and I think about, you know, again, what happened to free markets? What happened to capital? It's gone, and it's been gone. And most of you don't even realize it. Most people out there still believe we've got more, just as many freedoms today as we did 30 and 40 and 50 years ago, and it's not even close. And this is just another one of the things. And like I said, they, they are surrounding us. Right? They, they, they've surrounded our bank accounts. They've surrounded our IRAs and our 401ks and our money markets, right? And they've written all of these rules that prevent you from doing certain things like getting your money when things get bad. You know, and that was always one of the great things. Hey, you know what? Uh, things are starting to get rough out there. I'm just going to go to the sideline. That's not going to be allowed anymore. And now they they say that price-level targeting depends on the public's understanding of the policy. right? In other words, hey, listen, if we can just go out there and and lie, cheat, and steal, uh, they'll fall for it. 
right? And we always do, right? We always do. Because they always tell us this is going to be the answer, right? If we do this, it'll be the answer. I know we said 2% was the answer, but really what we meant to say was 4% was the answer. Could you imagine if they wanted 4% inflation right now? They wouldn't be raising rates. They'd probably be, what, lowering them again. Right? Think about it. And they said, but believing that future Federal Federal Reserve officials would follow through, even in difficult times when the policy would call for higher rates to bring inflation down, even if demand was weak. Now, isn't that very uh, myopic of them? Oh, well, you know, there's going to be a time when we're going to have to raise rates because inflation's been running really, really hot, but the economy's not doing so great. And, and of course, I'm thinking about, right, that's kind of an interesting thing to talk about because you keep saying how there isn't any. Which one is it? Former Federal Reserve Chairman Ben Bernanke suggested that temporary price-level targets may be the answer, see? Hey, listen, no problem. When, when we need to, we can just temporarily raise prices. And, and again, and I'm going to tie this into what is what I believe is coming next with the digital currencies that, that are going to be run by the central bank. Because what they're talking about here can only be accomplished, at least in my opinion, my my small mind one way. And I'm going to tell you what that is next. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, the conservative pro-family broadcast of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a leading voice for the sanctity of life, traditional education, the Constitution, and American sovereignty. And now, from the archives of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, here is Phyllis Schlafly. Are you wondering how we can save America from our current rush to bankruptcy, debt, and socialism? Today I'm going to give you some still valid advice from a Ronald Reagan speech of years ago, and I'm quoting, We have been through a disastrous election. It is easy for us to be discouraged. Some pundits hail that election as a repudiation of our philosophy. But the significance of that election was not registered by those who voted, but by those who stayed home. It is possible we have been persuasive to a greater degree than we had ever realized. Few, if any, Democratic Party candidates in the last election ran as liberals. Make no mistake, the leadership of the Democratic Party is still out of step with the majority of Americans. And I'm still quoting Ronald Reagan. I don't know about you, but I am impatient with those Republicans who, after the last election, rushed into print saying, we must broaden the base of our party, when what they meant was to fuzz up and blur even more the differences between ourselves and our opponents. Our people look for a cause to believe in, a new and revitalized second party, raising a banner of no pale pastels, but bold colors, which make it unmistakably clear where we stand on all the issues troubling the people. Let us show that we stand for fiscal integrity and sound money, and above all, for an end to deficit spending with ultimate retirement of the national debt. 
Let us explore ways to ward off socialism. A political party cannot be all things to all people. It must represent certain fundamental beliefs which must not be compromised to political expediency. It's time to reassert that principle and raise it to full view. And if there are those who cannot subscribe to these principles, then let them go on their own way. That is the good advice from Ronald Reagan. This marks 50 years of the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, mailed, broadcast, and posted online to millions of Americans eager to follow her traditional conservative perspective. We continue that legacy at phyllisschlafly.com, archiving the past, addressing today's key issues, and staying alert for the future. So bookmark phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back, Patriot Radio News Hour. Our toll-free number eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. That is our toll-free number. Uh, talking about this big meeting the Federal Reserve had very, very interesting because the big, I guess the the new tool outside of bring rates back to zero. Right, that's a given, and then and they left room there to go below. Quantitative easing—that's always another good option. But they they want a new tool. See, they have this this thought that if they could somehow control prices that they'll be able to fix things again. Right? This is this is another one of the lies that they want to tell themselves. And when you start thinking about what they just talked about, well, you know, 2% is probably not enough. Because in order for us to have GDP growth, when you have a $21 trillion deficit, let's face it, over the next 10 years, and you know I'm right, right? the number's going to be like 40 Right. I mean, I don't <coughs> excuse me, still fighting this thing. This been struggling with this flu that I've got. Now I'm down to I feel fine, but I'm down to this cough. It's just and it's an, the annoying one. Uh but but anyway they already know these things. And this is why I said anytime I'm talking about it and saying, Hey, this is what I see, they already they're already way ahead of me. And today was just another one of the examples where, I mean, they didn't go to two and a half or three. I mean, they went right to four. Hey, we may have to use 4% inflation. Or what did they say? Price targeting. That's just another, again, another way to tell to deceive when talking about what you're really trying to do in deceiving the American public. And I'll give credit to the Cleveland Federal Reserve president. She's right. You know, we got to make sure we spin this real good for people. But now think about what an electronic credit-type currency could look like. And I am convinced this is what is going to happen. 
We are going to eventually get rid of cash altogether. We will use, uh, in my opinion, the special drawing rights of the IMF. So they'll have a convert, uh, this convertibility, if you will, into a uniform global payment method. In other words, like we talk about how on the 18th, the Chinese are supposed to open trading uh, in Chinese yuan. And, and eventually we know that it's going to go from, from crude oil and then it'll be gasoline, diesel fuel, uh, cotton, soybean, ore, copper, you know, and, and eventually all of the gold, silver, right? They'll have it all. But really what they're hoping to achieve is something much bigger. We go to this global electronic currency, right? And we've seen it playing out in India and Australia, right, where they're starting to to outlaw cash. We see it in the Eurozone as they got rid of the larger denomination Euro notes, right? And we hear it all the time here, people talking about getting rid of the $100 bill and the $50 bill, and, and of course it's only bad guys that use it and all that other stuff. But now you give the central banks, and why I believe this is what they really want, you give them the ability now to make inflation be whatever they want. Now they'll have a big meeting and say, you know what? We need 10% inflation. Let's reconfigure the, our exchange rate with the uh, drawing rights of the IMF so everything overnight can cost 10% more. Right, and, and they'll be able to do it without having to go to you and without having to, to go into your bank account and say, hey, your 10,000 Federal Reserve notes are now worth 1,000 electronic credits. They don't have to do that anymore. Now they can just say, hey, it's worth 10,000 electronic credits, but we're going to, ter- to be the ones that determine how much these credits could actually buy. And, and you run into this system now where you're going to have total control. I mean, you think about freedom and prosperity and liberty and the pursuit of happiness and all of these things, and we're going to allow these bankers to have this type of control. It's incredible. The fact that they could even have this conversation without people coming out and saying, you know what, this has gotten ridiculous now. And this is how much control they really have. And I say it over and over. They do not care about you or I. They don't. They care about their system. A system that I need remind you is designed to fail. You're like, well, what do you mean? What do you mean a system that's designed to fail? Fiat money fails. It has. You know what? Here's the funny thing. It's one of the few things, you know, we always talk about, right, there's only two certainties in life, death and taxes. Well, there's a third certainty, 
fiat money always goes to zero. Always, There hasn't been one that hasn't. And you know how many times they've, they've claimed to have built a better mousetrap, and every time it still ends up the same way. And now they're talking about, you know what, we need the ability. If we could just have a way where we could manipulate what the inflation is. Remember now, they used to claim they could do it with interest rates. Right? Think about Paul Volcker. The guy was given an immense amount of credit for crushing inflation by bringing interest rates up to what? What was that? I don't even know what close to twenty percent. Now they're out there talking about uh, the the fact that they need inflation to be at least four percent. And again, you know what? Again, I already told you two percent was the starting number. Four percent—that's not going to be enough not going to be enough. And now they're perplexed because they brought interest rates down to zero. They thought for sure, hey, at zero, we're gonna, the economy's going to get so hot, inflation's going to rise, we won't have to stay there very long. Didn't work that way, and now they're kind of worried about what's going to happen next. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back right after the break. Patriot Radio News Hour, 800 Not a lot going on. Kind of a boring Monday market. Gold's $1,319. Uh, silver, $17.12. Uh, the Dow's down like 20 points and uh, not a lot of economic data. We had the, the euro sold off a little bit, so we got a little stronger dollar today, but again, the, the dollar uh, definitely in a declining pattern. Uh, there was another really good article talking about the dollar and the the Chinese yuan, renminbi, whatever you'd like to call it, uh, is now the Chinese currency that's at the strongest levels pretty much ever. You know, when you think about really... Uh, China was a closed market until the mid '90s, uh, and and most forecasters now expect the Chinese currencies to continue uh, to outperform the dollar and will finish uh, 2018 uh, again at the strongest levels ever. And and really, we're probably in this pattern now where uh, we're going to be watching this shift, uh, hopefully gradually. Right, we we hope for orderly and gradually we'll have to see what happens. Uh, the U.S. gold market suffered a net deficit in 2017 compared to a surplus in 2016, which really I, I was actually shocked because I know you know what the physical demand for for gold uh, was down considerably last year. You know, people were uh, excited about Trump, and again, and I. It always works that way. 2017 was a great year in the gold market. You know, gold was up 14%. I know that I was up 20. Gold was up 14. And and gold doesn't have the central bank in its corner, and it was still up 14. Uh, gold demand uh, was about 150 metric tons as far as uh, physical gold demand, which is down from a little over 200 metric tons in 2016. 
the majority of the decline in demand came from physical bar in the coin sector, right? So uh, jewelry jewelry demand was about the same. Uh, coin and, and uh, bar demand was what had fallen. So why the big deficit? And it has to come with a huge increase in net gold exports. Last year, the U.S. imported 374 metric tons of gold and exported 398 metric tons of gold uh, for a $24 million deficit. We're looking for gold exports this year. That was uh, last year. This year to top 475 metric tons. So think about almost another 100 metric ton increase in exports, and they're expecting imports to be down at 250 million, or 250, I'm sorry, metric tons, which would put the deficit at 225 metric tons. That's a lot. By the way, a metric ton of gold is 32,100 ounces of, of gold. If you look at all the data, it says the U.S. is going to run a 76 metric ton deficit. In other words, you take the U.S. mine supply plus what we imported less, right, all the, the demand side, right, the exports and the purchases and all of that, and you end up with a 76 metric ton deficit. And that's really something when we start looking at the gold markets. Remember, there's always there's two things that you need to be worried about. Supply and demand, which at the end of the day, you know, I call that economics 101 because the first economics class I ever took was called economics 101. And the first thing they taught was supply and demand. Right, and trying to find that that sweet spot where you've you've made just enough of a product to maximize right the the yield, if you will, or what you get for those products. And one of the things that we've been talking about in the gold industry, and we talked about it on several different occasions last year, is new supply and the lack thereof. If you go back to the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s, every single one of those decades, they found at least one gold deposit that had over 50 million ounces in it and 10 gold deposits that had at least 30 million ounces. Since 2000, they found zero. Not a single deposit of 50 million ounces, not a single deposit of 30 million ounces. And we've talked about how uh, we hit peak gold in 2015 and how the gold supply is continuing to fall and it actually uh, is going to start picking up steam. And so when you start looking at the United States and saying, hey, wait a minute, we just hit a a gold deficit, not surprising. And then you start thinking about if 
what the Federal Reserve talked about this weekend is coming to fruition. Hey, we need to get ready for the next downturn. We need to get ready uh, to change the what I'll call the inflation target, the devaluation target. We need to double it, right? Forget about 2%. We need 4%. And then you think about gold in negative supply. I mean, we could have some really explosive years. Uh, just look at palladium. I, I know what we haven't talked about that. And, then, you know, I'm going to do it in this final segment. Palladium's at an all-time record high. I'm going to tell you why and what that means for the other market. Patriot Radio News Hour. Don't touch that dial. Final segment, Patriot Radio News Hour, and we're really starting to talk about supply and demand, economics 101, and we know, listen, however this ends, I've got a bad, bad feeling that the Federal Reserve is, it's going to end with massive inflation, massive, and I really think it'll be stagflation because wages aren't going to be there. Uh, and then just this talk of doubling their price target uh, just really fits in with that. And then then we talked about uh, gold and how we're in a supply deficit now, and and how they haven't found any new supply. One of the metals that we have we don't talk a lot about the other the other white meats, if you will, platinum and palladium. Palladium is at an all time record high. Uh, it's right at just under eleven hundred dollars to the ounce, uh, and eighty percent of all of palladium comes from Russia, and and I don't know exactly all the all the things behind what's happening. Like I haven't read about Russia trying to manipulate the mine supply. I haven't read about how you know one of the major mines is down or there's a strike or there's something like that. We haven't seen that. The last time, Palladium got, got above 1,000 one time previous to this. But that was a solely or Russia-induced. They, there was turmoil. The mines got shut down, and there was no, you know, you had demand with no supply. It didn't last very long. This one appears to be a little different because the demand uh, is is there because they're using, remember now, in in cars, in catalytic converters. In the U.S., we use platinum. In Asia, they use palladium. And I wonder if they're going to switch because now palladium is 100 bucks more than platinum, which, like I said, has only happened one other time in history. Uh, but they're saying that uh, as Chinese automobile pr- production continues to skyrocket, and they talk about uh, the supply-demand fundamentals, they got a supply deficit in 2017 of almost 800,000 ounces of palladium, and the deficits keep getting worse. They're saying that Chinese demand will rise by more than 7% and that the Chinese will use more than 10 million ounces of palladium all by themselves. And they say that the above-ground stocks of palladium uh, are down to just 14 million ounces. So you think about, you know, they're, they're at this point, if they're losing 
you know, let's say a million ounces a year. There's, you know, in the next uh, 14 years, say there's not going to be any more palladium. Uh, so just something to kind of keep your keep your thoughts about you when you talk about now all of a sudden, wait a minute, we're going to have supply issues. We talk about it in the silver markets. Uh, we talk about it now in the gold markets. Palladium is a good place to look at. Because palladium, hey, they're mining at full strength. Kind of just like the gold and silver markets are. There's just not that much of it out there. And any type of, of jump in demand put significant pricing pressure on the metals. And I think that's what's coming in both the gold and the silver markets, uh, especially if the Federal Reserve gets their way. Patriot Radio News Hour, we're wrapping up the metals plans, uh, getting everything caught up here. We'll be back tomorrow.